Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the president, please send them to pip at christiancentershreveport.com. We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today, but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Arskadian coming to you live from North Carolina on this beautiful Friday here in August 26th of 2022. And today we want to focus on who is our warriors? Are we putting our trust in God or are we putting our trust in man? And we want to continue along the journey of the Israelites out of Egypt season of complaining and mumbling and grumbling as their faith is being tested uh, to expand and look at us in this season and and, and check our hearts um, with where we're at. Possibly is God trying to test us and grow our uh, faith in this season for not only today, but in the days ahead as the, the prophetic that we have is the possible downturn. And look at the example that Israel went through and show how even in the midst of their grumbling um, towards Moses, and want to look at this in an in in interesting perspective of, so we, we saw yesterday in Exodus 15, they came out um, obviously wandering in the wilderness, they needed water, they grumbled, and yet God still provided them a way to be able to have water. And then obviously um, lifting up praise to, to the Lord through their, battles and victories that they won. Uh, then just kind of skimming over the highlights of 16, because it'll it'll explain more about 17 here, is in Exodus 16, we see that the Lord provides them uh, the manna that they need, meat, and then also teaches them about how observing the Sabbath is important. And then we get into verse or uh, chapter 17, where um, again, they're complaining. They're fo- and this is the thing, is, is their focus is on the basic necessities that we need. And, and obviously in the New Testament, Paul talks about the Lord will provide for all our needs and and to put our trust and our hope and faith in the Lord to be able to provide for us. And so we know that now, but at that time you have to think about, okay, they're coming out of Egypt um, and they're wanting water, obviously wandering around in the wilderness can cause, can cause you to be uh, very thirsty, especially if you've ever been on that hemisphere, been in the desert under heat, uh, you know how thirsty you can can easily get. And they continue to grumble and quarrel amongst themselves. Um, and remember, they're, they're coming out of Egypt, men, women, children, animals, livestock all around them. Then what happens next is really something we need to watch out for and, and is that it says here in verse 8 of 17, says, Then Amalek came out and fought against Israel at the place uh, Rephidim where the Israelites had camped. And then um, Moses chooses Joshua to go out and fight. And then there's the story of Moses, Aaron, and her going up on top of the mountain and Moses holding up the staff. And obviously we understand that story there. And 
um, after that, after Israel won the battle there, Moses, uh, the Lord was told by Moses in verse 14 that write in this book, write this in a book as a memorial and recite it to Joshua that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the sun. So in verse 15, and this is our focus today, Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner or Jehovah Nisi, uh, as we have all come to understand. And he said that the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. And we see here is that as they're worrying about water, they're worrying and bickering amongst themselves, they're really distracted. And when you look at the definition of what worry is, it is it is literally that, a distraction. And, and we see here they're distracted from what they probably should be. Um, focusing on it and looking at it and preparing for is they're walking into a land of the Amalekites where they're warriors. And this shows the, the faithfulness of the Lord, but then also the possibilities with the Lord. I mean, think about the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. They're hungering and they're thirsty, thirsty for food and water. And through this, because of the Lord's supernatural ability, you just straight. That's if you think about it, it's just the only way they won that is through the Lord's supernatural ability to give them the strength to win, fighting against mighty warriors who were in their home near their homeland. They had food, they had drink, they were well rested, they weren't spending time out in the wilderness. But yet, somehow, through supernatural power and strength and wisdom, the Lord was able to raise a banner over them and provide them a way out. When you think about it, they're most likely to some degree malnutritious to a, a certain extent um, from coming out of Egypt, but somehow they're able to have this way out uh, through the Lord's supernatural ability with Moses raising his raising the staff and the Lord raising his banner. And so today we want to look at uh, what Chuck points out here is, is that ask the Lord to teach you what of who he is as Nisi, uh, the banner over us, Jehovah Nisi, uh, his, saying his banner over us is love. And then let him be our warrior. Our battle is not in flesh and blood, but a spirit of power and a sound mind. And then learn to do battle with your Malachites whether that's naturally or supernaturally, mentally, as you take captive every thought, um, as we learn in the New Testament, and when you engage those battles that are before you, whether it be um, thoughts of needed need for provision, whether it be thoughts to fight off depression that people may be going through, whatever the case may be, of how the Lord can be the one to provide you strength to get you out of that situation and through it and to be an overcomer in those situations. And, and it's really important for us to understand who our warrior is. Because if we look to man to be our warrior and look to man to be a man or a political system or a political party to be that source of, of power to overcome, we're, we're therefore creating idols and so we really just want to have our full trust in the Lord to be able to walk with us and ahead of us to provide us the provision and strength that we need to be able to walk out his mandate of making disciples of the nations. Okay, 
So with that understanding, let's go to our first segment um, of some stories going on internationally and things that are happening uh, between the United States and other countries. So we've been following the story of U.S. and Iran's negotiation that is now underway in Vienna about getting back into the Iran nuclear deal. Now, something that is not being reported, which I think is is very alarming, and I just want to pull this up, is I'm going to pull up um, CNN, their homepage. They're talking about, this is what their focus is. They're talking about the Trump raid. They're talk, talking about, you know, you have a doppelganger, um, the argument about student loan debt relief forgiveness, um, a bunch of things, uh, some disputes in Georgia, the archives issue, things between Hillary and Bill, um, some things going on in Texas, Pennsylvania, etc. I'm pointing this out, and it'll make sense here in a second. Then we go to Fox. You see, again, another uh, good question of where, where are the tax hikes coming to pay for the student loan debt relief, FBI, um, and Facebook interactions, and we'll get to that here today. Uh, some more issues with the student loan crisis. And I bring this up and I show this because what you're not seeing is what is happening at this current moment between the U.S. and Syrian, Russian, Iranian forces in Syria, where yesterday more rockets were exchanged between uh, Islamic forces, Iran-backed forces in Syria, and thus a response from U.S. forces to defend themselves is what the uh, Central Command is saying. So uh, whether that's constitute a war, um, if anything, it's a conflict at the very least, uh, that is going on. And this is new exchanges than the ones we talked about earlier this week. This happened yesterday. While at the same time, we're trying to negotiate with these same forces to say, hey, let's make sure you don't get a, a nuclear weapon. But yet they're shooting off rockets at U.S. forces in Syria. Now, what does this mean when they get these type of weapons to not only U.S. forces in these regions, but to Israel and other possible um, Arab allies in, in those regions and countries who were starting to build relationship with Israel based upon the Abrahamic Accords with the underlying aspect of dividing the state of Israel. Be very clear there. Um, and Israel, uh, there's an article from the Jerusalem Post that talks about um, how just, again, detrimental it would be to get back and, and into the Iran nuclear deal and, and just how detrimental um, the continued funding to Iran would be in this Iran nuclear deal. Let's not forget, if the, the parameters that are now set in this deal with U.S., China, Russia, uh, France, Germany, U.K., and obviously Iran, is that Iran would somehow, it's not clear exactly if the U.S. is paying it, if the EU is paying it, or if all are paying it, Russia's paying it, China's, pay, China's paying it, that from now until 2030, that Iran would get $1 trillion just to get back into this deal. That doesn't include the removal of sanctions. That doesn't include the free trade agreements that could possibly – or business deals that could possibly happen, investments that could possibly happen. 
while we're negotiating this, we're in a conflict with people that they back. And yet they want their their uh, National Guard, basically, Revolutionary Guard, to be removed from the terrorist watch list. While yet they're out there advising and funding and training terrorist and terrorist actions around the world, in the Middle East, more specifically right now. But is the question begs of, well, who are the people they're training? Where else are they going? You know, Russia's setting up shop in Nicaragua. And then you also have the fact of Russia, and this is kind of an update on the Ukraine issue, of Russia is now believed, this is rumored reports from U.S. forces, um, intelligence officers, U.K. intelligence officers, and, and backed by Ukrainian intelligence officers, that Russia is now going to prisons and looking for mercenaries and pulling people out of prison who could possibly be of fighting stature. And putting them on the front lines. This is nothing new. They did this in World War II. Finding anybody as they had mass casualties. The Kremlin denies the mass casualties, but is and if we saw anything from World War II, we know facts or the numbers being reported out of the Kremlin uh, cannot necessarily be fully be trusted. So at best, they're losing some troops, or they just they just want to buff up and be prepared for the long haul for this battle. So the battle still rages on there. And, and, and the reason it's important we go back to our scripture today of putting our trust in the Lord for let, hopefully letting him be our, our banner over us, the one who is our healer, our provider. And, and we just want to pray for and intercede for the Biden administration and military leaders to have the fear of the Lord when making decisions on this conflict in Syria. And obviously with the negotiations with the with the Iranian Iranian nuclear deal, that hopefully through this they can have some semblance of fear of the Lord and, and that the American people can realize and understand, look, this is what's going on. We're worried about our basic needs right now like the Israelites were in this conflict coming through the wilderness, but we have the Amalekites coming after us. We have those that as we straggle behind that are there and we need to look forward when we're focused on the past and the present, which is what Americans are doing, and I get it. I, I'm. I, it's not a how dare. It's a okay. Hey, let's 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 shift our focus from ourselves and our current situation into the Lord and say, God, how do we get through this? How can we expand our faith to be able to survive this economic situation, but then also look towards the future of what is to come and what is happening right now around the world? And if you know Chuck and anything about his ministry. That's the basis of, of, of a lot of what they teach about. Um, and, and when you see this, you see um, with that perspective and that lens of what's happening. And he talks about um, through today's prayer focus to look at uh, some things. If you've, if you've ever read this book, if you have it, um, The Future War of the Church. He talks about how it's important to possibly go back and read two chapters um, in this book, one, uh, the modern day ites and the second chapter, uh, dethroning thrones of iniquity. And I had it pulled up here. It's, um, dethroning thrones of iniquity is chapter four. And then modern day ites is chapter eight. So chapter four and eight of this, of understanding, you know, obviously the future war of the church, but then how to, um, 
who are the modern dayites and then ultimately dethroning thrones of iniquity that'll help us spiritually understand the battles that are before us now and possibly to come in the days ahead so there's an international update and the reason i bring up cnn and fox is they're not talking about this and why are they not talking about this is is the biggest issue the biggest concern obviously they have their agenda they want people to click and they run a business understand that they that's their focus but we have to stay focused on, on the lord's heart and the lord's heart is israel and and when we see iran making moves like this and the possibility of what it means for israel and the united states as well because if, if you've never heard this or maybe this is a reminder is iran has their leader public national leaders have called israel the little Satan, and the United States, the big Satan. This is who we're negotiating with. This is who we're dealing with. Plain and clear. Um, let's understand that. Now, it's not the entire people of that country. It's the leaders. It's the spirit that's ruling these leaders. Um, so we have to look past that. That veil there and say, all Iranians are bad. No, not all Iranians are bad. Just as, well, all not... All Iraqis are not bad, um, and all Palestinians are not bad. It's it's mainly their leaders that are being led by um, a spirit that that is an antichrist spirit, to say the least. Okay, next segment I want to we have to talk about this because this is this is really important. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg went on Joe Rogan's show and talked about how the FBI uh, warned them about possible stories. And I want to bring this video up to hear it straight from the horse's mouth what he said and what actually happened and why this is an issue um, and a concern. And, and to see if Facebook will censor us hearing and playing words straight from their own CEO. So Five or seven days when it was basically being, um, being determined whether it was false, um, the distribution on Facebook was – and this is talking about the Hunter Biden laptop stories. They were determining whether it was true or not. Decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. So you could still. And these screenshots are from um, just reports out there that people have of text messages about these reports being blocked on Facebook and share it. Elsewhere. You could still consume it. So when um, you say the distribution is decreased, in, it, it got shared. It, how does that work? It basically the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less, so fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely by what percentage? I, I don't know off the top. It's funny that he knows that this video was um, intentionally ranked lower in the newsfeed rankings, but he doesn't know by what percentage. Obviously, he's very aware of this situation, and and this is the alarming. Head, but thing. it's. It's it's meaningful, but I mean, but basically, a um, a lot of people were still able to share it. We got a lot of complaints that that was the case. Um, you know, obviously, this is a hyper political issue. So, depending on what side of the political spectrum, and so he obviously goes on to to just talk about the issue. The alarming thing here is that he's now admitting what happened, and for everyone calling people crazy and all this stuff. And look, right wing. News media is going to hound on this as as they should. This is a huge problem because this goes back to if you you followed us long enough, you remember when we did a, a short dive on Section 230 about being a publisher 
or being a platform. They said before Congress in, in their tax filings and everything, they claim to be uh, a platform, which meaning, meaning just like a telephone service, they let the conversations go back and forth. But here proves publicly on the record, on video, in Joe Rogan's podcast, that they are a publisher, meaning they're like a newspaper. They're determining what goes out on their platform and what doesn't. And look, they have every right to. But the the concerning issue is, is that you're saying you're one thing but doing another. And while in that, you're also getting tax breaks that benefit your company because you say you need them to be able to survive as a company. Quite alarming. And the fact that you've lied before Congress about this very thing. That's the issue. That's a huge thing. And, and also why we need um, to look at the Lord as our warrior to give us wisdom to understand these issues and and to let's okay let's say it is 1980 let's it's like 1984 George Orwell where they're able to censor the stuff they're able to change this stuff and the news is completely false everything's being changed whatever the case may be is do we have that relationship with the Lord to be able to have his wisdom and his guidance to guide us in the proper steps to take through this culture that we're in so we want to start laying the ground that that's why we want to lay the groundwork for this revival because no matter what the the natural government does, is if we have that relationship with the Lord as believers, as those who have a relationship with the Lord, those who are making disciples of the nations, we can then f- therefore pass on this supernatural relationship with that we have the, with the Lord to others and bring about this revival. That's why it's beneficial to be sober and aware and, and understanding of the the utter importance it is to have with. Um, the a relationship with the Lord. And next segment, I want to talk about this one's this one's quite interesting. Let's just be aware of this issue. So there's obviously the debate about student loan forgiveness. We've talked a little bit about it. Now let's take a step back. Let's look at some of the reactions here. Um, so something quite interesting is the White House yesterday came out and has called out uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and looked at other Republican. Uh, congressmen and senators who have businesses who took PPP loans and their loans were forgiven. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greens was she had a hundred eighty-three thousand PPP loan forgiven. Um, there was, I believe, Matt Gates had like four hundred something thousand. Um, others, Mike Kelly out of Pennsylvania, other uh, other Republicans had um, their loans forgiven. And this is what the White House is saying, is that is it fair to people who in fact do not own multi-billion dollar businesses, if they see one of these guys getting all these tax cuts, is that fair? What do you think um, in response to the loan forgiveness and saying that, look, we're forgiving all these business, we forgave all these businesses loans that helped you out. This is what he's saying. I'm not picking a side right yet. And then you have Republicans coming out rightfully so and bashing him because there is a difference of you know the government shutdown, uh, private individuals took out these private loans in a stable, free-flowing economy, and now you're forcing the government to pay it off. And the question becomes, and, and if you remember Chris Reed's dream about how people were getting upset about an economic turndown and asking the government for handouts is the question we have to ask ourselves is, is is stuff like this and the way the economy is going setting up for that dream? Because it, it is. Because 
Republicans are saying, well, it's okay to forgive loans as long as, you know, the government forced it and my business needs it. But it's not okay to forgive student loans. And I'm not saying I agree with either because I don't. I think it was wrong for the government to even give out PPP loans and then therefore forgive them. Plus, I think it's it, it it's wrong for the government to forgive these loans, and I myself would be harmed by the government not forgiving these loans, and I don't think they fully will because they don't have the constitutionality to do it. So I know I'm still going to be responsible for paying off my loans. And the reality is, is we're setting up, and and I think Republicans are who are attacking um, President Biden for these comments, and, and you have to take a step back and say, hmm, is is Biden kind of right on this issue? He's wrong on both cases. You know, the Biden administration is right a little bit. Republicans are right a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're both wrong. Two rights don't make a wrong, and two wrongs don't make a right. Um, there are some – Congressman Mike Kelly out of Pennsylvania had $987,000 loan. Uh, Congressman Kevin Hearn had $1 million. Congressman uh, Mark Wayne Mullen had a 1.4 million. Like, so these are significant amount of loans that these people had and took out. And just forgiven. Don't forget, there were some churches who took some of these PPP loans, and yet they were forgiven. Other businesses, and 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 I understand. Okay, the government shut it down, but the question is, is should they have even done that? That's the more important question. And then, should the government be forgiving anybody's loans? Because if you're if you're gonna forgive loans, you're you're cutting your revenue. Where are you going to cut your costs? That's the discussion that needs to be had. Both can have these arguments. Both can have these stances. But attacking individuals and attacking the president, um, and I'm not saying the president's right, and I'm not saying Republicans and the conservatives and the pundits and everybody's right. I think they're both wrong on this issue. But there needs to be a cooler heads need to prevail, and somebody needs to come to the table and say, okay, we need to get back. To, to being civil, having these discussions, and dealing with the issues that are before us. And what this is causing on the campaign trail is this is causing Democrats to walk away from the Biden decision because, as we, we, we talked about yesterday, some of you guys pointed out, that this is a unifying issue, that both sides do not agree with this. Them or do they not agree with it during these economic perilous times, but they also understand that the president and, and his office does not have the constitutional authority to just pass off, which the founding fathers and the constitution says this, this power of the purse belongs to Congress onto the American people from individuals. And then the question becomes is, well, if it's okay for it to happen in the business sense, even though the parameters of how things set up are completely wrong, and I disagree with it, is and this is what the Biden administration is saying is, oh, well, it's okay here, but it's not okay here. It's quite interesting. And this gets back to of who the question of who is our warrior. As you know, we're midterms are coming up, and we have issues in the church and in this nation. Is is if we think looking to a candidate to be our warrior, to be the one who's going to get us out of this situation and turn this country around, and we can go back to sitting back on our couch and eating potato chips and watching football games and doing whatever. I'm not saying that's what we want here, but I'm saying if we go back down that road, we elect the right person like we did with – like was, was what was done with George W. Bush. And we just sit back on our, our morals and say, oh, he's going to take care of it like the Israelites did with Moses. Oh, he's going to be a leader. We don't want to go up on the mountain. We don't want to have a relationship with the Lord. And the Lord's crying out for a relationship with us of who is our warrior. And that's something for us to look at. 
today and, and, and this week of, again, these five foundations is we, we have to look at where in not only our lives, but in this nation and more specifically in the church, where does the church stand on these issues? Not a man, not a politician, not a certain pastor. Where do we as a church communitively come together on the issue of creation, life, marriage, sexuality, and Israel? And I'm gonna, we're going to keep highlighting this and hit these points. And my hope is next week we'll look at um, some of the Barna studies that have shown how the church itself has gotten away from the scriptural, biblical moral values that this nation was founded upon and why it's important for us and why this revival is super important for us to get back to and why it's needed to have – the refreshing and refocusing and reshaping of this nation to get back to its destiny of being a, a nation that spreads the gospel of the kingdom to the nations. And then I want to close out on this for this weekend. Some things to pay attention to is today, uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell is meant to make a speech out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming, about kind of hinting at what will happen in their September a meeting where it's expected for them to increase interest rates by um, a half a percentage point or three fourths of 3.75 percentage point. Some have even said a whole percentage point, um, and that really will really will depend upon economic economic numbers of this month and then reviewing the past several months as well. So something to just be fully aware of about. There's possibly another decision of increasing interest rates. What does that mean to the overall economy, cost, etc. Of stuff again, cash is king in this situation. Um, also, uh, huge news this is why you stand up, this is why you speak out. Uh, the DHS is officially shutting down its dis disinformation board after a long term pause. They you know, did a committee, did an analysis about whether this is needed, and because of backlash uh, and horrible polling numbers uh, from this, they shut it down. So, hooray for the American people and using their voice in this season. And then lastly, one for life. As three uh, more GOP-led states enact abortion trigger laws, basically what's happening here is in – I want to make sure I get these states right. I know Texas, uh, Tennessee, and uh, Idaho, their trigger laws are going into effect, fully going into effect now. Um, there's like a waiting period that they had to wait um, so now they've gone into effect, um, and, and really all this does is it moves the timeline up from 20, 15 weeks to like 10 or even further, just depending on which state. Um, North Dakota was one that had trigger laws in place, but a judge partially blocked it um, as the battle continues to rage on there. So these are some victories happening in the day, in this current day and age on the issue of life, as now 13 states have have pass so-called trigger laws and more are leaning in that direction and I believe it's 28 have laws in place um, that need to be activated elsewhere so um, let's remind ourselves of number one that the Lord is our banner over us and then ultimately of we in the church have to repent of our issues um, from turning away from the biblical foundations of scripture and, and ultimately intercede for leaders in the church and outside the church to be humble have the fear of the Lord and 
return back to standing on biblical values. And so hopefully today we can have some rest going into this weekend, uh, be refreshed, be rejuvenated in order to get back on the wall standing for next week as uh, more intense issues will possibly be coming in the days ahead as prophetic warns us about. So uh, be sure to really take advantage of, if you're at, at all possible, um, the Sabbath break and spending some time with the Lord, friends, family, and just be rejuvenated for the season ahead. So blessings and possibly see you guys at noon. If not, I'll see you guys next week as we come back for another week of focusing and praying for the office of the president. Blessings and I'll see you later. Bye-bye.